onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 5 This War of Mine The woman staring back at Caitlin Kiriman from her bathroom mirror was not the woman she had imagined herself becoming when she'd been a young girl. In those days, she had still believed in things like the inherent justice of the law, which now seemed almost insultingly naive, and the innate goodness of the common man. There were also more bags under her eyes than she had imagined back then, too, but that was more a matter of her piss-poor sleep schedule and chronic anxiety than anything else. Blowing out a short breath, Caitlin leaned down and splashed cold water into her face. The bracing chill helped to center her, although it did very little for the ache in her heart that had become more and more prominent as the weeks progressed. It was hard not to feel resentful of late. Really, what was the point of her position as sheriff anymore? Was she really just one more cog in a machine designed to profit from suffering? Wasn't she supposed to have been better than this, better than Grayson, Aspects rest her soul, who, for all her virtues, had been happy to maintain the status quo and turn a blind eye to the rampant corruption of the enforcers? Better than Marcus, surely, who had been a cantankerous knot of corruption himself. When she had been a young girl, she had dreamed of standing proud in the brass and blue, as she'd gotten older and begun to understand that those men and women were just that and not paragons, she began to dream of reforming the enforcers into something more like what she'd dreamed of in her youth. Then Jinx had murdered her mother, along with most of the standing Piltoving council, and that was when everything had changed, and not for the better. The sound of knuckles rattled against the bathroom door and Caitlin shook her head, dried her face, and turned around to find her wife cracking open the door to check on her. At least there was one thing in her life that she had done unequivocally right, and that had been marrying Violet. You okay, Cupcake? she asked softly. No, Caitlin replied wryly. But I'll have to fake it for the next several hours, so be honest. How do I look? Vi chuckled and said, Overdressed. I'm giving the speech for one of the largest graduating classes of enforcers in the history of Piltovidale. I don't think wearing my dress blues is anyone's definition of overdressed. Caitlin turned to examine herself in the mirror one more time before tucking her tie straight, then picking up her blue beret, which she pulled on straight. Vi's hand settled on her shoulder, and Caitlin tilted her head to let her cheek rest on her wife's knuckles, and after a moment Vi said, You can always call out sick with a small smile. Not really, Caitlin replied, but I appreciate the thought. Caitlin followed Vi out of the bathroom, and they descended through the storied halls of the Kiriman estate. Two hundred years of ancestral pride were wrapped up in her home. The Kiramans were among the founding houses of Piltover. Her mother's mother's mother had seen the first spires rise. What would they think of their vaunted city of progress now, she wondered. What would they think of her? Gotta say, I'm kind of surprised you got so many grads considering what's going on, Vi said as they stepped out of their home and into the cool sunlight of the Piltover morning. I'm not, Caitlin replied quietly. Ever since, 
She cut herself off from saying the name of Vi's sister. The dam was destroyed, and then the spire was knocked down. There's been a lot of anger, and that worries me. Yeah, I guess that's fair, I replied as they approached the cab parked by the street. Angry young folks want to fight. I should know that better than most. Caitlin nodded as she slipped into the back seat, and Vi followed her. Piltover Academy of Law, please, she said to the driver before relaxing back in her seat. Vi settled in, then opened her arms, and, with another sigh, Caitlin nodded before sidling closer and laying herself comfortably into her wife's strong embrace. I got a letter from father yesterday, Caitlin said. Yeah? Vi smiled. How's dad doing? Good, she said. I'm glad he returns to his homeland, honestly. Ionur has been good for him since we lost mother. He's more himself, I think. And happier, too. We ought to visit him sometime. I've never been to Ionia, Vi said. Hmm. He said something similar in his letter, actually. Oh, yeah? Yes, although I think the implication was something rather more extended than a simple visit. Caitlin closed her eyes and turned her head to rest against the crook of Vi's shoulder. Silence settled between them as the cab rumbled along the streets of Piltover towards the academy. The letter had been couched in all the gentle words that her father was known for, but hidden between those lines was the unsubtle offer of refuge. Guess I don't need to ask how extended, huh? Vi said. Likely not. And? Caitlin shook her head. I'll thank him for the offer and send him my love, but I don't think either of us has it in us to leave Piltover. Not like this. Yeah, not like this, Vi echoed. Not with everything happening. Is it awful of me that part of me wants to leave? Caitlin asked. Nah. Violet slipped an arm around her waist and pulled her a little closer. Part of me wants to, too. It'd be easier, you know? So much easier. It would be so much easier to just abandon Piltover and go to Ionia. To live on her father's small plot of land in the country with Vi and make a quiet life for themselves while the cities of their respective births killed one another. The Hexgates had limited trade with Ionia thanks to the island nation's preference for isolation, so news would come slowly. Slow enough that, by the time they heard the worst of it, it all would have been long over. That wasn't her fate, though. It wasn't what she had signed up for. She had taken up the position of sheriff after Marcus's death specifically to make things better. Academy of Law, the driver said as the cab came to a stop. Thanks, I said, passing in the coin for the ride before stepping out and offering Caitlin a hand, which she took. As they went up the steps of the academy, arm in arm, Vi started to chuckle dryly and Caitlin eyed her with an arched brow as her wife turned to meet her gaze with a smile. What is it? Caitlin asked. Nothing. I just... never thought I'd be doing something like this, you know? She said, nodding around them. I mean, come on, me? A Zon street tough? Walking around where they make enforcers and married the sheriff? Life's funny that way, Caitlin replied wanly. It was a fair point, though. Vi was almost a legend among the Enforcers, despite, or perhaps because of, her upbringing. A Zalnite who had risen from the muck to try and defend Piltover during the worst catastrophe it had ever seen. The story went that she had fought side by side with Piltover's sheriff against the chaos of the Chem Baron's violence and hostile takeovers. 
protecting Piltoven citizens as they were ruthlessly ousted from the Undercity's borders. She had proven herself a thousand times over, and now there wasn't a single enforcer who questioned her loyalty or ability. That had all led to her, looking rakish as ever in her red coat, side-swept hair, and heavy shit-kicker boots, walking down the path to the graduation ceremony full of people that, in another life, probably would have been shooting at her. Funny. This is me, Caitlin said, nodding towards a hallway. Your seat is right up front, all right, I'll see you after. Knock him dead, Cupcake, Fi said, smiling as she leaned in for a kiss that Caitlin indulged happily. And then they parted, and Caitlin was left to make the rest of the walk alone. Enforcers saluted her as she passed them in the hall, and she gave each of them a nod. They were good men and women, she knew that to her bones. The Zonites saw them as tyrants and oppressors, while they saw the Zonites as murderers and criminals. And the obnoxious thing was that both of them were right. At least, they were right as often as they were wrong. Zon was no more filled with criminals than Piltover was filled with tyrants, nor the reverse. There was no shortage of slumlord tyrants amongst the sumps any more than Piltover was magically bereft of lawbreakers, corporate and otherwise. Of course, the painful fact of the matter was that, at the end of the day, it was Piltover that had all the power. It was Piltover that could make things better. Piltover could stop the war before it started, improve the lives of countless Zonites, and make reparations for the terrible sins of their past. They could, but they didn't. Caitlin emerged from the hall into the backstage of the Academy's main stage. She took her position out of sight at stage right, while the dean of the Academy spoke words of glowing pride. Caitlin caught a glimpse of the crowd, too. Over a thousand graduates, ready to wear the brass and blue for the first time, stood arrayed in organized ranks, their youthful faces aglow. Her heart broke for them. They couldn't know it was coming— but Caitlin could taste it in the air like the metal tang of ozone before a lightning strike. War. And finally, a woman who needs no introduction, my dear graduates, please welcome our sheriff, Caitlin Kilderman. That was her cue. Caitlin tugged her beret squarely onto her head and stepped out onto the stage to uproarious applause. She kept her back straight and chin up as she crossed the stage and shook the dean's hand, she was a spare, raw-boned woman, more lean muscle than anyone might expect from an academian. Thank you, Dean Panletty, Caitlin said before replacing her at the podium and turning to the crowd. And thank you, all of you, for that warm welcome. More applause and cheers followed her words, which she silenced with an upraised hand. It took several moments for the enthusiasm to die down but Caitlin waited and blew out until the crowd was waiting with rapt attention. Only when she was certain she had the eyes and ears of every single student did Caitlin speak. My soon-to-be comrades and colleagues, I cannot articulate how very proud I am to stand before you, Caitlin said, her voice carrying across the speakers with bellow and gravitas. In your years spent here on these grounds, I know that you have faced innumerable challenges— formed friendships that will last a lifetime, and maybe even found love. You have walked the same halls that I did, are standing now where I once stood. And perhaps one day, one of you will be standing here looking out over a similar scene in the future. After today, you will no longer be students but enforcers, 
But before you raise your glasses in celebration of joining with Piltover's finest, I ask you to indulge me in one final lesson. Caitlin took a sip of the glass of water, set it down, and took a deep breath before looking out over them and saying, Stretch. Silence fell over the wide auditorium as they waited for her to elaborate, and Caitlin imagined she could hear Vi sniggering near the front. If you're waiting for something more profound, I'm afraid I can't give it to you, as that is truly the best objective advice I can offer. Stretch every morning, every afternoon, and every evening, and I guarantee you your quality of life will improve, and that is all I can say that I know for sure. More confused murmuring rose, but before it could gain momentum, Caitlin continued. With that said, she stood straighter and watched each of the legion of graduates unconsciously mirror her, I ask you to consider the rest of this as nothing more than earnest advice to take or leave as you will. I will dispense that advice to you now. Never seek trouble, for I guarantee you that life has plenty in store even if all seems well and your days are sunny and quiet, but for those moments when the lack of trouble would itself trouble your own good conscience. Be kind, because kindness is far rarer than you would expect, and certainly less common than you would hope. And for us who wear the brass and blue it is doubly important. We're at the advent of a time of troubles. I know you can feel it just as I can. So in addition to my advice, I ask of you this. To never forget the hearts of those around you. Because the worst thing, in my own biased opinion, that a person can become is heartless. The day that you forget that people are people is the day your heart begins to die. And I choose to believe that each of you has a good heart. Caitlin paused and looked down, meeting her wife's gaze. And Vi gave her a subtle thumbs up as she looked up with a glow of pride. So don't ever lose it, no matter how the world tries to break you. The applause that followed the end of her speech was, if anything, more deafening than the applause that had greeted her appearance on stage. All she could do was hope that this new, coming generation would do better and be better than the one that came before, the corruption of the old regime to stop somewhere, and the best and greatest hope Caitlin had was for the young to supplant the old. For its sake, she wasn't even that old herself, but she felt like it. She raised her hands and waved, and offered the cheering students her best smile, and all the while her heart broke. How many of them would die in the coming war if she couldn't prevent it? How many of them would lose those hearts of theirs? It wasn't fair to ask the young and idealistic to die for the sins of their mothers and fathers, and yet that was precisely what would happen if, in these next few months, a compromise could not be reached. May all the gods forgive her if she failed. Evening had fallen, and Caitlin had relegated herself to the corner of the great ballroom hall of the academy. There was food and wine aplenty, along with no shortage of music, and the students of the graduating class were enjoying themselves to the fullest. The day had been swallowed in pomp and ceremony, with the sheer number of graduates it had taken a full two hours longer than her own graduation, but finally things were settling and the celebration had begun. More importantly, Caitlin had finally found Vi again and was resting in her arms as the music played around them. Thank you, she said, as they settled in a gentle sway to the music. 
for letting me use Vanda's words to you. He'd want him said, Fod replied. He believed in the best of people, just like you. Whether they were Zarnite or Piltoven, he believed that people wanted peace. Nodding, Caitlin ratcheted her head against Vi's shoulder. I do too, but what I don't believe in is the Council. Not anymore. Yeah, me either, Vi replied quietly. They stilled as the music continued to play, and Caitlin curled her fingers into fists as she gripped Vi's jacket tight. What do we do? It's all coming apart. Everything is going so wrong. I don't know, Cupcake, Vi whispered back. She was Sheriff of Piltover, and Vi was her second-in-command. She had believed once that she could change things, but now she was not nearly so sanguine of that. The council was full of anger and wealth, and that wealth was being threatened, and that anger was rising to the fore. If they tatted Zahn, then it would be the people on both sides who would pay that blood price. All we can do is our best, you know, I said. We gotta keep trying, even if it's hopeless. Vi shrugged, then looked up into Caitlin's eyes and laid a hand on her cheek. I know I'm a thug, and all I know how to do is fight. But I swore that I'd never be like Silco, okay? That I'd keep trying to change things the right way and, and not throw both our cities into the grinder. Even if it ain't fair. So yeah, I'll keep trying. Even if it looks hopeless. Caitlin hugged her wife close and nodded. Fanda would be so proud of you. She whispered. I hope so, Vi said shakily. I don't know what else to do. The music trailed off, and together they stepped from the dance floor. The air was growing warm, even though the night outside was cold with salt air. I'm going to go get us some drinks, okay? Vi said. Make mine strong, Caitlin said with a faint smile. I think I need it. Will do, Cupcake. Fi flashed her a smile before vanishing into the crowd, and Caitlin turns to stare out the wide, arching bay windows over the skyline of the city. Her city. Piltover. It was beautiful, and she loved it with all her heart. She felt in her bones that it could be the city that it touted itself as, that Piltover could still be the city of progress, but only if she didn't stop fighting. No matter how tired she was of war, she couldn't stop fighting because she believed that her home could be better. Sheriff Kerriman. Caitlin turns to find a young woman standing beside her, one of the graduates. She looked vaguely familiar in a way that Caitlin couldn't quite place. She was of middling height and pretty, with fair skin, freckles, and red hair cut regulation length at her shoulders, with sharp, intelligent gray eyes. Hello? Caitlin replied. Can I help you? The woman shook her head. No, I just... I wanted to thank you for your speech. There are a lot of people at the Academy who look up to you, and I'm one of them. And what you said struck a chord. Smiling, Caitlin turns to face her fully. I'm glad to hear that, she said. We as enforcers keep the peace and uphold the law for all, but we're not machines. It is as much our duty to keep our hearts as it is to keep our heads. 
I know that, and I had a question if it's okay. Please do ask, Caitlin said. Do you really think Zahn is going to start a war? Caitlin frowned. Zorn and Piltover have a fraught history that's grown more so over the last decade, she replied uneasily. But Piltover is not without fault. Most Piltovans have never seen it, but I have, and Zorn is a place that our city of progress is treated very poorly. I think that Zorn will only start a war if Piltover cannot learn from its mistakes. But so much of it is just... crime, the woman said. It's just grub and muck and crime, and what can you even do with a place like that? Zorn is a city, not a slum, Caitlin said sternly. Its people are different, but they're people all the same, just like you and me. She scoffed. Well, not much like you and me, she said with a laugh. There are a lot more killers down there, for one, I should know. Zonites killed my father. Ah. Caitlin pressed her lips to a thin line. I knew you'd understand. After all, everyone knows what happens to the old council, and, you know. She kindly skirted around, saying the words, Your mother, for which Caitlin was mildly appreciative, but still. I can understand, yes, but what you must understand is that we are not Avengers. We are enforcers of the law, Caitlin said. And Zarnites break the law, the girl replied evenly. That is a broad and sweeping generalization, and one that is not at all fully accurate. Caitlin replied coolly. The girl scowled. Do you really think a place like Zong can be rehabilitated? I'll be honest, I don't. I think that Zong is a place that's too far gone. And I thought you would believe the same. Perhaps you forget that my wife is Zonite, Caitlin said, feeling tension growing in her temples. Uh, of course, I... She backed up a step and held up a hand. I didn't mean it like that. I know that they can't all be bad, and that your wife is definitely one of the good ones, but I mean... She gestured out towards where the fallen spire that Jinx had bombed prior to the Noxus incident was still being cleaned up. Look at what they do. We build, they destroy. That's how it's always been. Who do you think built Piltover? Caitlin asked quietly. Who's raw metals? She looked the girl flatly in the eye. Whose backs bore the weight? Whose sweat, do you think, gave us our lifestyle? The mining colonies, I know, she said with a shrug. But nothing is stopping them from rising up out of that themselves. They don't have to resort to violence to take it, but they do anyway. It was taking every iota of willpower Caitlin had not to smack the girl upside the head and then drag her down into those mining colonies for an up-close and personal look at exactly what it was Piltover was doing down there. This girl had seen tragedy, yes. She was likely not the first, nor would she be the last, to lose a parent to Zonite's crime rate. Odds were good that plenty of the graduates had similar motivations for tragically similar reasons, but she had also clearly been raised far from the gory reality of what Piltover was built on. If my words struck a chord, then remember this, that the people of Zorn are people. 
Caitlin reached out and put a hand on the girl's shoulder. They're not inherently bad. Jotas Piltovans are not inherently good. And they're worth protecting, too. But what if they're heartless? She replied, stiffening back in that manner that only the young and angry can really do. That's not for you to decide, Caitlin said. The young graduate's scowl deepened and she stepped back, then said, I hope war does come. It's high time we bring real order back to Zahn, and all of us here will be proud to be a part of it. Caitlin shook her head. That's a horrible thing to wish for, and in truth, I think you should be ashamed of that. With her back still ramrod straight, the young woman looked Caitlin in the eye and said, With all due respect, Sheriff Kiriman, I'm not. She sketched up a light bow and left. And as soon as she was gone, Caitlin waved over Dean Panletty, who came bustling over with a drink in her hand. Sheriff, she said warmly, how are you finding the celebrations? A bit tiring, if I'm honest, Caitlin replied. But that's mostly my workload, talking. Can I ask you a question about a student? Certainly. Huh. Caitlin nodded towards the young woman who had joined what was clearly a cluster of her friends. Oh yes, the poor girl, the dean said quietly. She had quite a rough time of it in her first couple of years here, given her family's reputation, but... I've not seen such a talented candidate since, well, yourself, actually. What's her name? Caitlin asked. Oh, of course, my apologies. I'm actually a bit surprised you didn't recognize her, Dean Penletty said. Her name is Ren Gleamspire. Caitlin finished as all the niggling thoughts at the back of her mind suddenly connected to the rest of the puzzle. Right, yes. The Dean smiled faintly in Ren's direction. She's quite a firecracker and a crack shot with top marks in all of her classes. It's to her credit that she never lets the sins of her father drag her down, no matter how much flack she took from the other students, and she's truly proved herself in her time here at the Academy. I can't tell you how proud I am of her. Yes, I'm sure, Caitlin said hollowly. Thank you for answering my question. Of course, are you all right? I am, I just think... I'm going to step outside for a moment. It's getting a bit stuffy in here. Caitlin shook the dean's hand before turning about and making for the doorway. The world seemed to move in a rush about her. And it only slowed as she burst out of the doors and into the cool evening air. Caitlin gulped it down as she dragged the beret from her head and stared up into the sky. Her heart was pounding as if she'd run from one end of the city to the other and there was an awful knot in her stomach that she couldn't place. Suddenly all the joy in the room behind her seemed to have soured. Where there had been hope and excitement, now all she could hear was bloodlust, hatred, and another generation of growing violence. Hey, Kate, what's wrong? Vi appeared beside her carrying two drinks, and Caitlin swept one up and slugged it back, shoved the empty glass back into Vi's hand, and before she could say a thing... Took the other glass and slugged that one back, too. Okay, Vi muttered as she took the now-empty glass. You, uh, you good, Cupcake? No, Caitlin said quietly as she stared out across the city to the neon glow of distant Zahn, while the burn of alcohol settled in her stomach. No, I don't think I am. 
Vi set the glasses down, then took Caitlin's hand and pulled her down too until they were both sitting on the marble steps of the academy. Behind them music played and people danced, and suddenly Caitlin was quite sure that her speech earlier had fallen on the deafest of ears. What's wrong? Vi asked. Everything? Caitlin whispered back as she buried her face in her hands. What do you mean? Vi put an arm around her and leaned close. We've lost. Lost what? The fight to stop the fight. She replied. Looking through her fingers down at the marble and imagining it against her own will, running slick with blood. The war that we've been fighting for years to keep Zorn and Piltover from each other's throats, we've lost. To her credit, Vi didn't argue. But something went out of her, and she curled herself around Caitlin protectively, as if she could shield her wife from the horrors of the world. She couldn't. She'd never been able to, no matter how hard she tried. They had lost. War was coming, and worse, it would be greeted by cheers and applause by the people it was going to kill. Madness. Utter madness. When it comes, Caitlin looked up at her wife. When Zon and Piltover start killing each other, will you? Fi pulled Caitlin close. I ain't fighting for Piltover, Cupcake, but I ain't fighting for Zon either. I'm fighting for you. So whatever happens, I'll always be at your side. Always. A sob tore out of Caitlin's throat as she clutched Vi close. And together they mourned while, behind them, music continued to play. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.